So welcome, uh, Kirsty Goodall. Thank you. From Atkinson <laughs> Crehan Law, uh, our guest today on the pod. Um, let's start off with a really open-ended question for you. In a nutshell, tell us what a conveyancing solicitor does. What do you do? Um, so basically, we look after anything that is uh, land-related. Um, so we'll deal with your, you know, your sales, purchases, refinances. Um, Subdivisions, um, anything you want to do with regards to maybe registering easements, caveats um, on properties, um, transfer property between different entities if you have a company, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of just deal with land and, um, yeah, anything anything associated to it. <laughs> yeah. so, so when someone's buying a house, all right, which is what we do, we sell the house <laughs> they need someone like you to make sure they check the title and the form and everything else about the property yeah so when you're checking the title of the property what do you go through because obviously some titles are very complex and then others are very straightforward yeah all right so what what generally are checked what's what's checked in the title everything to keep us everything um so we'll look at um obviously all the land covenants on there yeah. so um for those who don't know a land covenant is essentially a rule yeah. or a set of rules that are attached to a property yeah. um so in the newer subdivisions it can be things like design control yes. um yes. don't paint your house bright pink yeah. yep. don't use secondhand materials things like that um they dictate a lot and they are binding i was going to say and what we're finding often now with these new builds and these new subdivisions is that one of the covenants is that the design of the house must be signed off by the developer yes built. <laughs> yes and people like yourself always come back and ask can we please have evidence of that sign off where a lot of people out there watching and listening uh won't know that the house can't be built in a new subdivision until it's got approval from the developer and yes. it has to be officially signed off yes and you you're the lovely people that contact us and say, can you give us evidence of this please, Glenn? Yes, and, <laughs> yes, and yeah. sometimes sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. Yeah. Um, quite, uh, well, what we have noticed again is with the newer subdivisions, yeah. the builders are actually getting used to being asked that now. Yeah. And so they've got it, they've oh. saved it on their system and it's so much easier to get. Yeah. The harder ones are the properties that were built five, 10, 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. I even had yeah. one last year that was about 22 years ago. Oh, well, we couldn't find it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of an unrealistic ask, but um, yeah. So no, that's something that's on the title and we'll also check um, for like easements, um, consent yeah. notices. So again, those who are listening and don't know an easement is just basically something that's on the title, uh, granting someone uh, the right to do something on your land. So yeah. um, for a, you know, it could be a, a right to the council to um, access the property and drain sewage or yep. whatever. Um, it'll show you the area, etc. And we just want to check um, that you're basically happy with no. what's on there, that yeah. there's nothing on there that's like, well, that's just not going to work for us. Yep. Um, and yeah, consent notices, which is something that's issued by the council um, and that allows the um, subdivision to usually go through based on some rules being complied with or some conditions being complied with. So again, just checking that you as the buyer are okay with that basically. Sure. And, um, yeah. and first home buyers who we're talking to a bit here, um, quite often looking at homes that are cross lease properties yep. um, and quite often get some nervousness around that. <clears throat> What's the main differences between freehold 
and a cross lease. Um, and what do you need to be looking out for if you're purchasing? Yep. So um, the difference between a freehold property is obviously you own all of the land mm -hmm. and the house, so anything that's on that land. Um, a cross-lease property, uh, let's just say these two houses, yep. two, so two flats. Mm -hmm. um, so you own a half share, which is an undivided half share. So there's yeah. no there's no actual line drawn to say that's yours and that's mine. Mm -hmm. So you own an undivided half share in that land mm -hmm. and you own your specific house um, and sometimes specific garages associated. Yeah. Um, so that's the difference. You on your title, you will have a lease. Mm -hmm. So each um, each party or each owner will have a lease off each other. Yep. 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 Um, and it'll have various things in there. Um, a little bit like the covenants in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Um, so be respectful to one another. Don't yeah. make structural adjustments without the permission of the other. Yeah. Um, usually that's more in, in relation to like um, load bearing walls, something that's actually going okay. to affect the other party. Or extending the footprint. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Because uh, that's, yes. yes. So um, extending the footprint <laughs> on the cross lease type. Yes. We come across those a lot too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we need to check basically that the flats plan, uh -huh. which is part of the title, yeah. matches what's actually on the property what's actually there if it's not <laughs> it's deemed as an incorrect flats plan yep. um can you get that fixed we can yeah what it's is expensive it? yeah i was yeah. gonna say that's the problem isn't it yeah. we sell a few houses and we sell uh obviously a few cross lease properties and i'd say i can't remember the last cross lease property that we've sold that doesn't have what we what we would do a uh, term and i guess we term the same that it's got a defective title, title yeah. solely for the reason that the flats plan doesn't reflect what's at the property. And it's generally a conservatory or a garage. Yeah. So in that circumstance there, what would your advice be to yeah. a first home buyer or a client, any yeah. client? So pretty much always the same thing. We tell them, look, this is incorrect. Um, if you don't think it's an issue, Fantastic. Mm -hmm. You can buy the house if that's what you want. But if the person who's the other flat, the other flat, yep. uh, decides it's an issue or sells the property and the buyer won't go through with it because <coughs> the flat's plan's incorrect and it's actually your fault, yep. you'll be up for those costs. Mm. So yeah. there's a surveyor because they have to come in and redo yeah. The, the you know the, the plan yeah. um and then you've obviously got lawyers fees because it, effectively mm. we have to change everything on the title um yes mm. <laughs> and would you say in your experience um through that cross lease slash flats plan issue how many people would walk away from a deal because of that and how many people would just go oh. Be very slim yeah. like like next to none yeah we find yeah. the same thing i think it's yeah. the main thing about them understanding a yeah. cross lease is yeah. the main thing and then them not being too scared of it i own a yeah. cross lease never had an issue at all yeah. with the neighbors we've been able to do what we've been wanting to do with the property in terms of renovations um obviously nothing structural um but yeah we've found it to be just fine as a yeah. form of ownership yeah, yeah. And, and it absolutely <coughs> is it yeah. absolutely is and if your flats plan is correct mm -hmm. i don't see any reason that you would ever run into an issue it's mm. only if it's incorrect and yep. again if somebody else what is decided the, it was a problem yeah yeah <laughs> what is the approximate cost 
to fix a flats plan? Oh, I think Give us a round we, we've, I think we've sat down and um, one of my colleagues have done the figures once and we're looking around the twenty-two to 25,000. Oh, so that much is it? it yeah. It, yeah, so it's a good number. It can number. be less, it can be more, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just when you have... You know, surveys, lawyers, yes. and anything else, and you're also up for the lawyers' fees for the um, other person, so yes. the other owners, other, other, because yeah. they obviously have to sign off on everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. does, it goes back through Lynn's, does it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you can turn a cross lease into a freehold now. I believe so. Yeah. Yes. I don't personally do subdivisions myself, yeah. but yes, I think you can. Um, mm. You can make the application yeah. to do it, and That's cool. um, yeah, take a few boxes. I don't see why you couldn't. So. Um, Talking more of first home buyers while we're on that, um, they need a solicitor, okay, and they're being given some recommendations, etc. And someone comes to you and they, they're keen to uh, engage you. What, what's the process? Yep. So um, first home buyers are very special. Um, they require a little bit more care. Um, so what we suggest they do at the like at the very start of the process is yep. please get a finance pre-approval first. We said that earlier. We yeah. said that. <laughs> so people that are listening now who also listen to our other pods, we were right. Yes, the first do. thing to do is to get your finance sorted. Out. Yeah, yep. get your finance sorted. Hmm. Um, hmm. Then give us a call. Hmm. Let us know basically your details so we can get a file opened up for you. And what we need to know is who are your KiwiSaver providers so that yep. we can get those applications ready. Yep. And are you getting the Home Start grant? And just yep. ask them to send us anything that they already have so that we're ready to go. And the reason that we have to be so prepared with first home buyers is because as soon as we get a contract in, we need to be doing that KiwiSaver application like the next day. Yeah. Because if you have a 10-day finance clause, yeah then you're going to need the full 10 days yes. to, um, you know, have your, your application. Exactly, to have the um, approval done. And, I mean, 15 working days is best because then mm. if you can't get to me the next day, then the day after that's fine, but yeah. let's not push it any further. Yeah. Um, yeah, so cool. that's the start of the process. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And what we were um, talking about earlier in another pod was, you know, buyers can often miss out because maybe they're not as organised, etc. Um and we're sort of encouraging them to get their ducks in a row and that includes engaging a solicitor and getting some advice but not necessarily maybe getting you um racking up the bill straight away but it's getting that process started and and that they can actually get things checked prior to putting an offer in and that's going to make their offer a lot more attractive isn't it yeah and we're sort of encouraging people to actually work with the professionals um I know that, you know, it can be scary, especially for first-time buyers, talking to a solicitor, talking to an agent. Maybe they've had a bad experience before. Um, but if you can find someone you can trust, like yourself, ourselves, or all other people, that we're actually there to help um, and that we can actually get them in a better position than maybe another buyer to secure a property. Mm. Yeah. 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 No, we definitely would prefer to be reached out to early on in the process um, and ask us hey this is my situation this is the property I'll Mm -hmm. flick you through what I've got Um, and then look even if we don't have time to check the title we can say you know looking at this property the area that it's in what Mm -hmm. you've given me so far just make sure you have this this and this yeah solicitor's approval clause please (laughs) um and yeah we're not necessarily going to like charge them for that um every firm has that's what um, i think people don't realize yes yeah it was one thing that that we talked about earlier was um some companies offer uh, basically a rate you know and that's what it's going to cost you until you buy a house Mm -hmm. you know and you you might do seven offers yeah and this is what it's going to cost you others do it hourly 
which that racks up pretty quick. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then others will do it per per transaction if you want. Yeah. Um, from your point of view, what does Atkinson Crehan offer a first home buyer? Like, do you offer per transaction, or you have a set fee, or yep. how do you structure your your billing? Yep. So we sort of um, we have like a. a bit of a base so we won't call mm -hmm. it a fixed fee but we have like a real general base that we would charge yep. um, and that's for a first home buyer or anyone mm -hmm. and then a first home buyer it, it does cost a little bit more but um, in our defense it is a lot more <laughs> work, work. hours more work to be um, fair it's more work for us as well isn't yeah, it? yeah. But that's okay. so we will always give them um, like a figure up front though and say hey look based on you know again what you've well, you, provided yep. to me and the fact that you have two KiwiSaver applications a mortgage two Homestart grant applications yeah. this is about what it's going to be it will almost definitely be that and the right. only time that it wouldn't be is if something massive happened and it just yeah. blew out and we were doing like yeah, an you, extra eight hours of work or something exactly yeah um you get a pear-shaped situation where you've got yeah. to do some negotiation and you know go through a bills report situation or something yeah. like that you know yeah. all the extra work yeah i mean we're happy to like all negotiate standard negotiation and stuff mm -hmm. happy to you know that's all kind of included but if um you know if it came to settlement day and someone wasn't going to settle and we were there till nine o'clock at night yeah. trying to sort it out like yeah. that that's where we'd have to be like okay we're gonna have to charge you something yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah so we Which will always sense. try and give them a very um a really good estimate yeah yeah and so yeah. and what do you think is the difference between say a good conveyancer when working with a client and maybe someone that's not so sharp what what are the differences um communication Mm -hmm. yeah. massive <laughs> yeah. oh, definitely massive um i think that everything can stem back to that to be honest yeah. um if you yeah um like when people call their solicitor with something urgent or email their solicitor sorry with something urgent um and it's say 10 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. you should hear back from them within a couple of hours, hours yeah, um but some people's practices is more like I'll get back to you within a day or two yeah yeah that doesn't work with conveyancing no, yeah. no that's not, not how it's a fast-paced game it yeah. is um yeah. it is so I think communication is the best yeah. Yeah. Um, most important part what I've found and we've found is that especially working with you is that you do communicate quickly with us as well and you actually want to work with us sometimes <laughs> sometimes um it's hard these are these are discourse there and we're all trying to work towards the same goal getting this deal together so that communication is really key um so we've found that really great with you and also that you're willing to um you know go up go out of you know maybe the realms of necessarily what you do you know to, to make the deal work we know there's one that recently where you, you you're working hard to make it work for for your client um and um well we certainly appreciate that as as mm. agents so i think you're right it's a communication that's mm. that's key and 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 actually when it boils down to it, it's the same for agents we're actually just professional communicators yeah. and if we can't get that right what are you paying us for yeah yeah i think it's yeah. quite refreshing to have a solicitor slash a legal exec who's quite comfortable and happy to work with agents as well mm. <clears throat> there's there are, there's a lot of people around not just in our town but out of town as well that see agents as the enemy you know and they want to do everything they possibly can to make things difficult yeah. where you know at the end of the day we're all working for the same people you know whether that's yeah. the vendor or the purchaser to try and make both parties happy yeah um so it's it's really refreshing to know that yourself and your team um atkinson crehan are, are 
been very willing to work with not only us, uh, but all of the team at Summit, you know, to, to get deals done and for people to get successful results, both in selling and purchasing. So, yeah. so that's nice that we have that local support. So yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the things that we always like to ask people is, um, especially from your side of things, can you recollect what has been the most challenging transaction you've done in, say, the last couple of months? Yes, so I can't. It's always nice I to share a story. I can't one transaction. No, 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 no you're right. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just for um, privacy reasons, etc. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, what I will say is one of the most challenging things I have ever faced in mm. my job uh, was when COVID hit. Right. And it hit quick. Mm, yeah. um, you know, we all got notice, you know, as of this yes. time, you got to be at home. And that's it, not yeah. allowed to leave. Um, it was the most challenging, I would say, because all of a sudden we were, all of us, you guys as well, yeah. and their clients were all thrown into this situation and we didn't have the right laws in place mm, yeah. to guide us. Yeah, yeah. Um, to do the right stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, usually <laughs> we would be like, okay, we face this situation. You go back mm -hmm. to your contract and you'd be like, okay, well, we'll just work through it. And, yeah. you know, um, the contracts weren't fit for a pandemic. No. So it was very much a situation where um, people actually had to be kind to one another. And that in, in my job, that's like, well, doesn't matter if you're nice or not. We yeah. don't. This is the law and this is how it works. Yeah. Um, and so it was hard because we had people who, um, you know, say they had an empty house that they were selling. Yeah. And then these other people over here, they had to actually sell their house to, mm. you know, move. but it was illegal to move. Yeah. It was could, literally yeah. against the law yeah, to move. You couldn't move, eh? Yeah. No, you exactly. To you weren't allowed to do it. There was not, yeah. you, you were not allowed to do it. And so it was, it was hard because you think, well, these people aren't in breach, right? Because they're ready, willing, able, and they can provide vacant position, but yeah. these people can't because yeah. they cannot Legally. leave their house. So yeah. they cannot sell their house and get the yeah. money to pay for it. And it was so challenging because, um, you know, yeah. even the Law Society, they were like, we well, have to figure something out because yeah. this isn't, and so we were just sitting there like, da, 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 <laughs> and just trying so hard yeah. to get people to agree, but people are stubborn. Yeah. And Oh um, yeah. Yeah, and I can imagine that you guys copped it just as bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was an exciting time. Oh, challenging doing viewings. Um, yeah. Where you can't take people through the home, you can't touch anything, um, spray your hands. Like, just thinking back on it, it was, it was crazy times. Yeah. But a lot of property got sold in that time. That oh. is, that is <laughs> when the market, scrolling. the market just went <laughs> yeah. boom um, yeah. after that. Um, another sort of uh, interesting thought I had was, um, obviously, you... you you could be working for a client, whether it's a vendor or a purchaser within your firm, and then another one of your colleagues is working for the other party. Um, that must be an interesting dynamic. And how do you how do you work through that in terms of trying to separate business from obviously a, a, a relationship with your colleague? Oh, you mean if it's, sorry, are you meaning if it's one of my colleagues who are actually in the transaction no, or no, just no. we're both acting for <laughs> both a acting. Say, say yep. for example, you're, um, acting for the purchaser and Jacintha is, uh, acting is for acting vendor. for the vendor. Yep. So how does that work? Are you allowed to do that or you're not allowed to do that? We, or so we're allowed to do it. Yep. Um, 
carefully. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what we do is uh, when we get a, a contract, we, we, we're on both sides. We do a conflict of risk assessment. Okay. Um, and it's kind of done on a little bit of a points basis. So um, how many conditions are there? You know, like is it heavily mm. conditional? Yeah, right. Or is it light? Um, we'll look at the title and think, well, there's not really any risk any involved. There's nothing there. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. We'll look at if we've acted for them before. So if they're a first-time buyer, then they're obviously inexperienced. But if they've done it 10 times, mm. you know, so we We'll take all those things into the consideration. Risk, yeah. Make sure it's fair. Yeah, yeah, and just make sure there's nothing <coughs> that from the outset looks like it's going to be tricky. Um, and then if it gets to the point where it gets tricky anyway, um, then one of them has to actually go to a different yeah, firm yeah. and yep. they have to be acted for over there. Um, and we tell them up front when yep. they get their letter of engagement, they get a sheet as well, um, which is a conflict of interest. And they have to sign it to say they acknowledge that we're acting on both sides okay, and yeah. they acknowledge that if it goes pear-shaped, someone has to go yep. elsewhere. That's okay. So that's I mean, it's all it. covered, yeah, yeah, yeah. which <laughs> yeah. all makes sense. Is it? Yeah. Common sense at the end of the day. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. What do you want to ask now, Callum? Um, I'm thinking um, just trying in a nutshell here work walk us through the process from start to finish if you're working with the purchaser okay yeah so again it's different if you're a first home buyer as opposed to experienced say, say a stand we, we standard won't... not first home buyer yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. okay so it's quite long-winded i'll try not make it yep. long-winded for you yeah. <laughs> um so again hopefully if you're purchasing you have a pre-approval um you can give us a call say we found this property that we like yep. do you have time to look at it Maybe I will, let's hope. I'll open a file for them, look at what I've been provided, tell them what I want in the contract. Yep. Then they can go to you guys mm -hmm. and say, this is our offer, can yep. you draw it up? Um, you get it drawn up, they'll obviously sign it, give it back to you, you'll present it to the vendor. Hopefully the vendor accepts. Maybe there'll be a bit of toing and froing. Yep. Um, once it's all, everyone's happy, sends it to me. Um, I will then contact the purchaser. Um, send them letter of engagement, get a copy of the title, etc. Mm -hmm. um, run through what conditions they have. So that's the point where they'll obviously instruct their builder if they're getting build, you know, builder's yep. report. Um, if they want a limb report, that's the point where they'll order their limb report. Yes. So basically they just start satisfying their conditions. Yep. Um, at my end, that's where I start obviously checking the title, checking the contract, making sure that it's all okay that yeah. the wording's okay um if they're happy with everything great we can go ahead and confirm all of the conditions yeah. um it might be that say the builder's report brought up a few issues if that's the case that's where they kind of tell me about it mm -hmm. and we go to the vendor with a proposal you know yes we'll confirm if you rectify this this and this or mm -hmm. a price reduction or whatever it may be yeah um so let's just say well, everything's good and we're happy yeah confirm it pay the deposit yeah. um, and then if you're getting a mortgage let your bank know they'll send me the loan documents okay. yeah. and once I've got those I can prepare all of the land transfer side of it and you come in and meet with me sign, sign it all away. send <laughs> everything <Sorry>. away yeah. <laughs> um, we'll have a big chat there as well about yeah. um, how they want to own the property yeah. um, if they need wills to yeah. Um, yeah, because depending on how they own it they might yeah. need supporting documents um, and then we kind of just Took away waiting for settlement so, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll obviously have a pre-settlement inspection, inspection. before yep. that. Mm -hmm. um, pick up anything that might not be fantastic about the property since you last viewed it, something that might have changed. Oh, a bedroom missing or... Yeah, that yeah. would be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it could have happened before. I'm yeah. sure of it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, let's just say it does go well. Then obviously they let me know. And then yeah. settlement day, I'll just wait for the money to come in, wait for the undertakings from the vendor's lawyer to say that they're ready to go. Yeah. Pay the money and they pick up the keys. Done. Yes. Pop the champagne. Well, so it's go, a long story, but yeah. that's how it works. If we go back a couple of steps yes. from popping the champagne. Absolutely. Right. Lim reports. Yes. Right. What, as a um, conveyancer, what are you looking for in a limb report? Because a lot of the people you know, watching, listening to this, it's a thing that they get advised to get a limb report. As opposed so, to just the council yep. files. Yep. So they get the limb report. They're looking at it going, uh -huh. So what are you looking for in a limb report? Okay, so um, depending on like what kind of property it is and when it's built or yeah. whatever, um, we want to check that it has any relevant consents or yeah. codes, compliance, whatever. Um, a little bit of a red flag for us is sometimes when you see that there's been an application for something, mm -hmm. um, but then there's been no code of compliance. And, and yep. that's when I'll say to my client, hey, I can see that there was, you know, they asked to have this done. It was actually granted. Did they do it? Hopefully we pick that up before it gets Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. But um, sometimes it actually is that it was checked yeah. yes. and the council just didn't add it into the limb yeah. or it was never physically signed off, but the we've inspection had, was good. Yeah, we've had all that. Yep. yep. All yep. the fun stuff. So yep. that's the kind of stuff, or that's one thing we're looking yes. for. Yep. Um, just anything like if it's by the sea, yep. uh, we'll just let them know, hey, look, it might um, be prone to getting like sea salt spray. Yeah and stuff which is it's nothing really but it's just it can affect um, wear and tear on the property yep. mm. um, checking things this is probably the most important one yeah. is when they're in a not so densely um, put this um, so not as new subdivision right because yes, yeah. people are right next to you there's no room to move yeah. if they're in an area where there's like a great big paddock behind them Nice. And it might be an amazing spot for a shopping mall. Yeah, yeah. We can see if there's um, if someone's put in an application or right. a, for a consent to like build something next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something we're looking for. Um, so they're not so urgent and so required for the newer properties. Okay. It's yeah, okay. more Good to the know. older ones or yeah, the yeah. ones that are in strange areas. Yeah. Um, I know, rural properties, it's good to get them. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, you know, since August 2022, when we had our big weather event um, here in Nelson, that the council, um, both TDC and Nelson City Council, have remapped a lot of the areas yeah. with flood models, risk, um, slope risk, um, Fault hazard overlays. I mean, just about every pop property. It's hard to find one without now. Is yeah. is in something. Yeah. Um, do you take special care uh, of looking at those maps? We do always look. Yeah. Um, the good thing is with the limb reports is that they very clear as day say, oh, yeah. this is in this area. Yeah. And we'll sort of say to them, look, at the end of the day, it's actually your judgment call. We have never been to the property you have. Yeah. Um, if it's you know, if it's actually miles away from the beach, yeah, yeah. we don't get too worried about, about it. Yeah. We say this is your call, but what we do advise them to do is call an insurer and yep. make sure that it's not going to be an yeah. issue to get insurance. insurance. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yep. And that would be the same yep. with fault hazard overlay and Absolutely. all those sort of things all of the hillside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. cool. And I guess at the end of the day, like we have to protect ourselves too. So we do yes. have to say like, look, we, we have to always bring it to their attention. Correct. Tell them to go to their insurer and say, yeah. look, you know, we can't provide too much opinion based stuff. We yeah. can give you facts and then it's up yeah. to you to make your judgment call yeah. um, because we're not professional 
yeah, you know, en- engineers and <laughs> yeah, geotechs yes. and stuff. Yeah. So it's yeah. refreshing to hear that. Yeah, you know, because we have to disclose stuff legally. Obviously, we do, and we ask them to seek your advice. Yeah, and then you go well. At the end of the day, we're not that professional. If you wanted that, yeah. you then tell them to go to the next professional. Yeah. So we br- probably bring the majority of stuff to their attention on day one. Yeah. And then they can go to you for day two or three if they're interested. Yeah. And then it's up to them whether they take it further or not. Um, I think the majority of stuff is pretty clear anyway. Once yeah. you bring it to their attention, how you know how serious that risk is. Yeah. Or not. I mean, flood models are a great thing, aren't they? You know, you've got. 2030 flood models and then you've got 2100 flood models in there you know think, yeah. how long are you going to own this property yeah. <laughs> like, how long are you going to be kicking around yeah. for? You know what I mean? yeah. so it's, it's just one of those things yeah. you're going to take it in perspective but hey look Kirsty, it's been absolutely fabulous <laughs> having you on board our pod today so we yeah. thank you very much for coming along um you know, we, all we would like to say to our people that are listening and, and watching is that if they need some legal advice or they're looking for a local conveyancer, uh, is to give the team at Atkinson Crehan a call. Ask for Kirsty, she'll look after you. Um, <laughs> so, look, thanks very much again for coming along. That's right. Thank you so much for Thank having Kirstie. me. It's been fun and not as scary as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.